Hey, welcome back. We hope you enjoy listening to part two of this episode. All right, so, man, it's been a great time going back through uh, memory lane and remembering <laughs> some of these old consoles, the Intellivision, Atari, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Genesis. Oh, nostalgic for sure. We're going to have to do another episode on video games because, you know, we haven't even touched some of the more recent consoles and games that are out there. So many good ones. But we do have a very special thing, a couple of additional special guest experts who are going to give us a couple of reviews, some tips and tricks on video games these days. All right, I want to welcome our next special video game expert, Miles Tamander. Miles, welcome. Hello. Tell me a little bit, Miles, about you. How old are you? Um, I am seven. And how long have you been playing video games, do you think? Well, it's probably when I've been uh, at least three. Wow. Okay, so tell me, what is one of the video games that you like? I like the game Ben 10. Okay, tell me, what do you like about it? Well, you can transform into other kind of alien forms. Cool, cool. What's your favorite alien form? The ball guy. You can turn into a ball? What does the ball guy do? Well, if, say, like, there is two guys in front and behind, if you press the bottom button, he can attack from the others, from the back to the front. Okay, so do you have any other video game strategies that you'd like to pass on as a video game expert in this game? What other tips would you have for people? I don't know. Okay, what about, uh, is there different alien forms that you also like or recommend using? Well, the speed guy is pretty good too, like a Chia, but he is kind of good because if you need to attack a bunch of things at once, he can attack them all really fast. Okay, wow. All right, thanks for coming on our podcast, Miles. All right, welcome to our next special guest video game expert, Caden Tamander. Welcome. Hello. Tell us about yourself. How old are you, Caden? Seven. Awesome. And how long do you think you've been playing video games for? Since I was four. Since you were four? So like three years, three and a half years now? Yeah. That's a lot of time. So what is one of your favorite games you like to play? Hmm, Super Smash Bros. Tell us about and some tips and tricks that you might know about Super Smash Bros. Well, there's a jump kick. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Well, you jump and then kick. Jump and then kick? Yeah. What buttons do you have to push for that? You have to press X. Uh-huh. And then the, jo- Joystick? the Joy-Con stick for the right controller. You move it up. Up. Oh, okay. Cool. And is there any, like, character that's extra powerful or, or really quick or anything like that that you uh, like? Oh, uh, there's Sonic. There's Sonic on there and he's really fast? Yeah. Cool. Does What's his, like, special move? Does well, he have one? he turns one? into Super Sonic. Oh, Super Sonic. How does he turn into Super Sonic? When he gets a floating ball. And a floating magic. ball of magic that turns him into Super Sonic? Mm-hmm. You have cool. to hit it. You have to hit it. Any other tips or tricks that you could tell us about? Well, you can dash. And... How do you do that? Well, you run. Mm-hmm. 
and then you move it down. Oh, you push the joystick on the right controller. That makes it dash? Yeah. See, I didn't even know that. That's cool. All right. Anything else? No. Okay. Thanks for joining us today. See you later. Bye. So we'd like to thank our special guest experts. That was pretty awesome to hear from Miles and Caden. Super cute. Those guys are awesome. We love them. And those are some good tips and tricks. So, so remember them. Thanks, guys. All right, over to you, Ben. So I wanted to ask, uh, one of the things that, that comes up is, man, over the years, they've come up with so many different game peripherals, different things like that, where, where you know, Ralph mentioned one of the, what was it called, that shooting thing? The Super Scope for the Super Nintendo. The Super Scope, yeah, right. And there's yeah, so many of like those kinds of things, right? Even the, when the Nintendo first came out, there was that, like, robot thing. What was that called? Do you remember, Ralph? That was Robbie, the robot. Yeah, I think something like that, right? Yeah, um, Rob. It was just Rob, R-O-B. I asked Ralph because he had a lot of these kinds of things. I don't know, did you, you didn't have that one though, right? No, I didn't. One of the most unique ones I had was the Power Glove. Yes. Um, nice. There was that game where you had the power, you, you, I can't even remember the name of the game now, but I didn't even have the game, but you could, you'd catch a ball and you could throw it at these things that were coming at you and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I managed to get through two levels of Marble Madness using it. Oh, and man. With the glove? Half, with the glove. You know, I had the set-top thing on that went on top of the TV. So as you rotated your hand, it detected how you were moving your fingers. I mean, granted, don't don't get me wrong. This wasn't, this wasn't perfect and everything like that. But I, I'll tell you, this was probably the precursor to the Wii controller. <laughs> right. With right. the muscle movement and everything like that. So, uh Got it somewhere in one of my boxes, too. Yeah, I didn't throw that one out. <laughs> That's awesome. So I got the Nintendo Power Set. Okay, so the P Nintendo Power Set back in the days had the Power Pad, the Zapper, and then, of course, the controller. So it came with three games, Super Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt, and uh, the World Track and Field game and everything like that. Duck Hunt, I hated shooting the ducks because I just wasn't very good at it. But when it came to shooting the clay shooting, I oh, was yeah. a guy that could sit so far away from the TV and just wait till the clays get to the very back end and pop. Nice. So it was good, you know. Made me a great paintball player, too, at the same time. <laughs> well, we want to do a little yeah. game now and break things up a little bit. I'm going to play some music from the games. You love the music from these video games, I remember. And so I want to test you and see how many of these you might actually recognize. And then if you can't get it, uh, I might open it up to see if anybody else gets it. Ready for number one? All right. Any guesses? I'm going to give you a, a multiple choice here. I'll take the multiple choice. Pac-Man or Dig Dug? Dig Dug. Oh, it was Pac-Man. Pac uh, it, it was the old what? Atari version. Is the old Atari version. Uh, oh, tricky. Let's go to the next one. Number two. All right. Next one. It feels like Mega Man. You got it. It was Mega Man. <laughs> yep. Nice job. Mega Man had a certain type of rhythm to it, so yeah, that was kind of a. That was the Cut Man scene. All right, here we go. Here's another one. Okay. 
you get it? That's a tough one, dude. Do I don't know, know what it is. No, it sounds <laughs> okay. Awesome. You got to give us. Okay. You got to give us a uh, multiple choice on this one. Teenage, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Battletoads? I would, I would think it's. Well, you guess, Ralph. I don't know. No, it's it's Battletoads. They can't be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's right, Battletoads. Good job. Unless that, unless that was like a boss level or something like that. That had to be Battletoads. Dude, right, now we're gonna open game. this up to everybody. Okay. Indeed. All right. So here we go. We're gonna have a couple more questions here. All right. Let's go with John yeah, first. Okay. All right. Which one sold more? Do you think the original Legend of Zelda or Super Mario Brothers Three? Wow. Just your, your off the cuff guess. I'm gonna have to go with Super Mario Three. That's right, man. Super Mario. Yeah, Brothers I would have guessed too. Yep. The third best NES game, 18 million copies. Although it had the advantage of it was a pack in for a period of time with the, yeah, with the Nintendo. That, that's true too. Zelda was the fourth best selling game, so it was, uh, and that, but that was 6.5 million, so it was significantly less. But it wasn't a pack in, I don't think so. All right, Dave, you're next. All right, let's do this. Ducktales or Mega Man Two. Oh, DuckTales or Mega Man 2? Which one sold Which more? Which one right? sold more copies? Oh. Which one sold more copies? I love DuckTales, but I imagine it was Mega Man 2. It was close, but DuckTales got 1.67 million and Mega Man 2 got 1.51 million. I should have stuck with well, the game I, I liked. I can believe that. I mean, Mega Man's awesome. Too, I can so believe it. It's all good. That's crazy. I think right. DuckTales was geared towards a lot of the younger kids, I think. So, like a kind of more family game, I guess, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But it did good. Well, and you got to remember, awesome. Mega Man wasn't exactly an easy game to play. It was a complex game. It was not easy. Yeah. So at least DuckTales had enough of that fantasy play that, you know, would parents are going to buy it regardless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kid friendly. Like All right, Ralph, you're next. Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Genesis, or Donkey Kong Country 2 on Super Nintendo? Uh, Sonic did do really good. But Nintendo still sold more systems. Uh, can I use my lifeline for a second? <laughs> <laughs> Just guess, Rob. You and got I'm, it. Come on. I'm not, I'm, not talking about, I'm not talking Google or anything like that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. which do you say? Are you, would you say... Sonic 2 or Donkey Kong 2 sold more? Sonic? Okay, my wife says Sonic. Your wife gets the points. You don't. <laughs> Sonic. <at> Sonic. <laughs> Sonic 2 sold 7.55 million copies, and Donkey Kong Country Celebrate. 2 sold 5.15 million. Yay. This last one's tricky. I had a hard time finding a solid numbers on this. I'm going to give it to all of you guys because it's multi-platform. Okay, Minecraft, you know, it's on PC, it's on, you know, all kinds of, all kinds of stuff, or Tetris. Whoa, Minecraft or Tetris? I say Minecraft. I mean, I, I, Tetris was huge and it's been around forever, but Minecraft just blew the water out selling, I think. Tetris is also on multiple platforms. Yeah, yeah, it that's is. A good point. I'm going Tetris. We got a Minecraft. I bet we got it's a close. Tetris. I, 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 I take too long to decide. I have to run with Tetris as well. 
more. Is it close? Or is is it like one blows the one out of the water? One blows the other out of the water. Oh, uh, interesting. I'm curious. My, Minecraft was free for a time, so they couldn't have sold. Tetris That's was true. on Nintendo and the Game Boy. It was actually on all and the Game like, Boy. A lot of multiple players on that one. Everything. Portable. T- computers. I, I, yeah. I'm, yeah. Yeah. And You're even the right. alternate versions of it. I'm going to go with Tetris. You're probably right. All right. Well, here's what I originally, I when I looked it up, it said Tetris sold 100 million copies. But then I, I found another source and it just said it's a hard number to nail down because there are so many versions and they keep selling and they are still selling. So the, the most yes. up-to-date thing that I found said over 425 million just on the mobile apps paid down. Wow. 425 million and mobile app Tetris. 425 million on just the mobile app downloads. Goodness gracious. And then you have Minecraft that had 238 million. Could be a moving target. So it's possible I'm wrong. But um, as far as I know, it seemed like Tetris was blowing a Minecraft out of the water. So and one sense. of the things I, I, I saw was that Tetris um, is on the Guinness World Record for the most ported game. It's on over 65 platforms. Jeez, so like wow. everything made a, a Tetris version, basically. Right. You know, Dave, you know what that means? You just went over yeah. two. You know what it means is I'm the editor and you're not going to hear any of these comments. <laughs> oh, that's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's my one fairly trivia question from my research, just real quick. How many licensed Nintendo games are there? 538. That's my guess. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say 534. Uh, the price is right rules. <laughs> one dollar. <Okay. $1. laughs> one game. Five. All right, spell it. Seven nineteen. That's a lot of games. That is a lot of games. But we have learned tonight that McDonald's was one of those games that was licensed. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't have a Michael Jackson game. No, they did not. <laughs> At least and not license three. <laughs> You know, I'm gonna look up how much that Michael Jackson game sold now. <laughs> and the McDonald's. <laughs> Which one sold more, McDonald's or Michael Jackson? Oh, I can't see the Michael Jackson <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. <laughs> All right, back over to you, Ben. One of the things I keep thinking about is like psychology in gaming, and it's really impacted the industry. One of the biggest questions that they had to kink out in the beginning of video games was how hard is too hard. You know, like, if it's too easy, it's not fun. If it's too hard, it gets frustrating, and it's not fun either. You know, so you got to find that sweet spot. And I could tell you those old games were very hard sometimes. You know, and, and for people that were really good at video games, it, it, maybe it wasn't too hard. But, you know, you wanted to sell to the masses. And so finding that sweet spot for the masses was very difficult. One story I remember reading about was the old Atari games. And after a while, there just was a glut of them. And so many of them were just not that good. Like you, there were good ones in there, but a lot that weren't. 
And one in particular, they spent a whole lot of money on, like to make all all these games. And, you know, they had to. You know, of course, there were cartridges back then, so they couldn't just like make them on the fly exactly. They had to, you know, manufacture these cartridges, and they manufactured so many of one that's called ET. And the thing about the ET was, I don't know if you either if you guys remember playing it, but you there was these little pits, yeah. and you fell in the pit, and you had to work your way back up, and it was the most annoying thing, <laughs> and and it was just so irritating falling down and trying to get back up, falling down and trying to get back up. Yep, that yep. it was like bomb, like it got destroyed. And some people credit it to like destroying the Atari industry, the video game industry. <laughs> until Nintendo came around and kind of reawakened things. Do you remember any super hard games or super easy games that just were not fun? Uh, John actually mentioned this. I got stuck with Metroid 2. I remember that being a pretty tough game. Um, thankfully, we had stuff like Nintendo Power that would show you, you know, the whole oh, yeah. map of everything and stuff that could, could get you past some of those challenging points. But that, that was one that, I, that sticks out in my mind as a pretty tough one. Recently, they've sold the like those little mini Nintendos that come prepackaged with like thirty games on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, I have one of those, and I play it every now and again. So I play like Doctor Mario, mm-hmm. and you know I play the Mario one and three, and but the one <laughs> I still <laughs> I had to go back. I played the Legend of Zelda, and I beat it, but I had to go back and look on Google to find out where all the caves were because I could not remember yep. where the levels were, and like oh, you yeah. get to the graveyard on there and things. Things like that, the up, down, left, right thing. And there was a lot that I just could not remember, man. It was crazy. There's a couple of other hard ones. I went back and tried to play Contra. And just, oh, like, yeah. on this little mini one, the code doesn't work. The Contra code does not work on the mini one. Oh, oh man. Either that or I'm just super special. One of the two. But um, <laughs> I, I, couldn't get, I couldn't get it. I sat there and tried forever. but it, So I was just trying to beat it on three lives, and it just was not happening, man. So hard. I did not not get very far, so I gave up. To be fair, John, those controllers are slightly smaller than the originals, and they don't have the same responses. So I know I've noticed that has thrown me off, even on the newer consoles where you would expect it to be better. There is a, and I guess that goes to the rhythm man in me. There is a fraction of a difference in the timing, and it's just like. Yeah, I know I'm getting old, slow, and fat, and all that jazz, but uh, there's no way I could be that slow in my timing and responsiveness and take feet in this level or something like that. Yeah. There's something wrong with the controller. So, I mean, even it made it even difficult to play Mike Tyson's punch out. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Yes, it does. It does. That's true, too. So many games back then was just lightning reflexes, and you had to get the timing exactly right, or you started all the way over. I remember, yeah. I remember Battletoads was like that on certain levels where you're like riding on your little, I don't know, bike thing or whatever, and you had to make these jumps and stuff. And if you didn't get it exactly right, oh, man, you were done. And you had like three guys and then you were, you know, maybe three continues and then it was over. And, yeah. oh, man, that was tough. Now, I will tell you, when it came down to some of those games, Battletoads was one of them. Uh, Double Dragon was another one especially the later versions of Double Dragon. Now, those are games that I would probably love to hate because of how hard they were. But thank you, Game Genie. <laughs> yeah, Game Genie. And I still have my Game Genie. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that thing, man. Game Genie. 
Remember the turbo controller too? That was awesome too. Yep. Oh crud, and we forgot you said turbo, you reminded me the Turbo Graphics sixteen. Oh yes. yeah, that was another that system. Was, that was a great system to have. So yeah, the, I mean the other thing was that Sorry. they they really learned how to make games become addictive and one hitting that sweet spot of difficulty, but also just like they call it in psychology operant conditioning of just giving you like just the right amount of rewards when you do something good, you know, and kind of like reward you when you do good, you know, punish you when you do bad kind of thing. And it's funny because a lot of games took advantage of this where you would defeat one of the little minions on the way to the boss. And like a certain percentage of the time it would drop some like energy or health or something like that to help you continue on. But it was only a certain percentage, you know, and they worked out like, you know, like, the game designers knew that like the psychology behind like what is the right proportion to get you to want to keep doing it and keep doing it. Cause I remember certain places in like, like for instance, in Metroid where you're low on health and you just start shooting some like one spot where they just keep getting monsters coming at you and you just stay there so that you could get enough health back <laughs> and you just keep shooting again and again and again. It's like, this is not actually fun shooting the same thing over and over <laughs> and over again, but yeah. it's going to keep you alive. So like, you know, it's getting you addicted to just like doing it anyway to get through it. You know? Well, see, yeah. that proved to see who was going to exercise some ingenuity here. I remember some of those games, that I would find like whatever heavy heavy object and find that sweet spot and just set the shoe or whatever object on that button and let it continue to auto fire there and I walk <laughs> away because there was no way I had the patience to 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 kill two hundred guys just to get my experience points and that was one of the things that made me hate role playing games. So, John, honestly, you have my utmost respect to just be able to sit down and finish Legend of Zelda because that was one <laughs> game I absolutely hated with a passion. Uh, Zelda 2, <laughs> when it was side-scrolling, kind of like Battle of Olympus, I could live with it. But I think the only game I played that was, remember uh, Dragon Warrior that came out with a golden con- c- cartridge on it? I got it because it was free with my Nintendo Power subscription. That was probably the only game that I'd sat there and role-played, but... I'm sorry, guys. I do not have the patience for that one and having to sit there and beat. And uh, I'm like, no, where's my Cheeto-matic? Bring it up. Get, let's, <laughs> let's build it up, you know. Final Fantasy, you know. You know great storylines. I'm so grateful for YouTube where I can just watch the cutscenes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned that because quick story. Legend of Zelda, I think, was like the first game that I remember that you didn't have to put in codes. It was saved in a battery inside the cartridge. And right. oh, yeah. we had a we had a friend who played that game really far into the Zelda game, Legend of Zelda, and then his battery, I don't know, glitched, died out. And he hmm. lost his save. And he got so mad, he, he put it in a microwave for a little bit. Like he tried to just like he just was so angry that he lost <laughs> this save for this game that he worked on, and he ended up giving it to us, and we we ended up at least I ended up finishing the game, man. Like it nice. worked after that, but it showed how passionate people can get when they lose. Like you were saying, oh, something man. that you worked so hard in that you spent so much time in, and that kind of goes to this other psychology concept of the sunk cost fallacy. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's like. 
you know, the more time you spend in something, the harder it is to just walk away from it. You know, like you've put so much into it now that you want, like, you feel like you have to keep it up. And you see this with even just like silly little Facebook games, like you build a garden and you plant this thing and, you know, like it grows the garden over time. And, you know, and people have spent so much time on it. They, they don't want to let it go. Even if it's just like repetitive stuff, it's kind of ruining their life, you know, like they're wasting their time on it, but, and, you know, it's not even fun for them anymore. And yet it's hard to let go because, you know, you've put so much time into it. There's no way you could get back to that point again. It's funny because I'm that, I'm that way with TV shows. Even if it starts to suck, I'll still watch all the way through because I've invested so much time in it that I'll finish the series, man. I feel it's like, true. You know, Once you've gotten far enough into it, it's hard. Like at the beginning, you know, the first couple episodes, you say, this is stupid. I forget it. But once right. you're enough episodes in, it's like, uh, I just got to see how it ends. I just got to yeah. see how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> got to finish it up. That's awesome. You're like seven seasons in and the, like the last three have been horrible. But, you know, you <laughs> it's the last season. So. Yeah, push through it up. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, that kind of begs the question of you know when you mentioned that point of psychology, how much money gets wasted on some of those games? You know, when you want to advance and advance and advance, and, and it's just like I've known one person where his wife put a five hundred dollar bill on a, on the video games just wow. in a month, in a yeah. month. It's just like yeah. how. It's just mind-boggling that how you know how addicting that some of those games can be, and you know, I mean, it's like, are we a generation that's as patient as we used to be, or are we so impatient that we gotta? I mean, what what's the purpose? You, are you liking the bling that you're getting, or the desire to finish the game? Or I'm like, do how many of those games actually even get replayed again? Yeah, you know, I'll pick up Blades of Steel again right now and play it in a heartbeat. But some of the games like today. Like Call of Duty or whatever, like that. But I mean, if it was a, just more linear play, yeah, I, I, I couldn't even do it. I, I don't know. I guess I'm one of those that guys that's kind of broken. When I see a, a potential rhythm that gets boring with some of the gaming systems or the games, the first person shooters, I will pretty much go back to Quake and Doom. Oh, jeez, it's all <laughs> the same to me. <laughs> Ralph, on that note, uh, it's funny because like uh, on the newer systems, the Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two. That's the only one I'll play. And I wish the gameplay was still as good as it used to be. It's not because it just lags right. and everything like that because there's no support for it. But that's the only that was my absolute favorite first person shooter. But what it's funny is interesting what you what you brought up about the money being spent. And I think where game designers now, because I don't do Xbox, I don't really do PlayStation, so I don't know how they make their money off of that. I know their games are like crazy expensive now, but for me what gets me is the in-app purchases on games. Right, right. Even exactly. stupid little games like Yahtzee. Like, I'll spend so much money playing Yahtzee or, you know, things like that to where I've had to stop myself and delete the app. Like, even those little matching games, like uh, Matchington Mansion and things like that, man, I'll just sit there and just blow through money that I don't <laughs> to where i got to delete the game off my phone for a while, man, or else I'll just go stupid with it. They're smart so, at what they do, man, for sure. Yeah. I remember yeah. back in 2008, like I had a coworker come in and he was talking about how he got these new boots for like $150 or something like that. And then I found out he was talking about World of Warcraft and he was talking about <laughs> actual cash. Oh. And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> you paid hundred whatever dollars for 
boot for virtual boots, I was like blown away. So yeah, it's crazy. That's like these people buying all these things in the metaverse and all that. Like, get yep. real, man. Yep. Right. It's crazy, man. Music and gaming is used. It's gone to another level at this point, honestly. You know, like they just put so much money into it because it can influence your mood so much. And that can be another like reward thing in your brain, whether it's getting you amped up as you're approaching the boss or something like that, or whether it's getting you creeped out as you're trying to sneak past some bad guy or something, you know, or you can't see what's in the dark or something like that. Like music is really, you know, influencing your mood and how you play the game. Any standout music that is so memorable to you in video games. The one for me is, I mean, it's timeless is Super Mario. I mean, I love the way the original goes. I mean, it's so crazy how catchy that original tune was. And it's a classic for me. Yeah. I remember the uh, Michael Jackson game. I mean, they play this whole soundtrack for crying out loud, man. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Of course you can dig it. Yeah. Okay, so I have to give props to The Legend of Zelda on the music. Hated the game, loved the music. But for me, it was kind of all the, the Ninja Gaiden games. I, oh, yeah. I still, to this day, find myself just humming some of those levels, you know, just because nice. they were all catchy and everything like that. And then uh, maybe because it's a game that I worked the hardest on, Blaster Master. Oh, but nice. I'll be honest, like any of the newer games past the good old N- Nintendo days, um, I'll be honest. I mean, yeah, there's the music that kind of tells the story behind it. But honestly, if you were to play me a, a theme song from some of the newer games that have been playing, I couldn't tell you what they are. You know, I, I just, I most likely just wouldn't be paying attention to it because I'm just so focused on the game. And then maybe it's the games that demand that much more attention or they they put so much into it. And I think that's probably another factor. There's so much in for me. There's so much that's going into the games nowadays that it actually kind of takes away um, yeah, that's good my point. enjoyment for a factor. Uh, there's so, ga- so many games that have such great potential, and I think that was probably one of the reasons why I struggled with like the Super Nintendo, the Sony PlayStation. Once you started putting so many more buttons on the system, I'm like, forget it. I'm done. I don't need to figure out, you know, the the Metroplex codes just to get you know my super my street fighter guy to do the uppercut you know i'm like that's for the arcade when everybody's just sitting on the system trying to hit all the buttons at the same time (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome all right thanks everybody for joining us tonight what an awesome episode seriously i you guys can't see me at home but uh i've been smiling from ear to ear just it's been so awesome to connect with john and ben and ralph and reminisce of playing games together or watching Ben and Ralph play while John and I just sat there waiting for our turn (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) But it was a good time, man, catching up with you guys, laughing about games and catching up for sure. So we want to thank uh, so much Ben for leading this one off, even though he's our special guest expert. He was the host tonight and brought a a great episode for us, video games. Also our special guest experts, Miles and Caden, and then our super special guest expert, Ralph. Thanks for joining us tonight. I know with you got a busy schedule, Ralph. You're hard to get a hold of. Really appreciate you making the time to join us and uh, share your thoughts and good memories and everything with us. So hope you had a good time. My pleasure. And, yeah, thanks, Ralph. And so uh, a quick reminder, we have uh, that email, fdhpod at gmail.com. Feel free to hit us up with any suggestions, comments, or anything like that. 
Hope you guys have a wonderful day. And remember, stay fat, dumb, and happy.